0: You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I took a hiatus from podcasting. For a little bit of a time as I was getting other things in order in a good way in my life and I only have so much bandwidth so but yesterday I returned home from a vacation and on the plane flight home this topic and these eight tips downloaded into me and I actually took out my pad of paper and pen to share them with you guys and one of the things that I know for sure about my journey is I talk a lot about following inspired action What that means is when we're trying to manifest our dreams and desires in our life, if we try to work, work, work and figure out the how, I'm saying that in air quotes, to get things done or to get to reach our dreams, many times we can cause interference in what spirit slash universe slash source is trying to do for us. So taking a break from my podcast was nothing that had any negative connotation to it at all. I just had other things that I was inspired to do. However, when this download came in, I looked at my husband last night and I said, I'm going to start podcasting again tomorrow. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'm really excited to share the content with you today. So this topic is Eight Tips to Heal Your Relationship. And this episode is going to call out to people who love their partner and who love them, but there's a lot of disgruntlement going on. There's a lot of things that are happening in the relationship that don't feel quite so peaceful. Now, there's so much information out in the world about healing relationships that I am very honored that you're taking the time to listen to this episode. And I promise you that this is directly from not only my heart, but from my personal experience. So with that, let's dive in with tip number one. Take responsibility for your part of the equation. Only your part of the equation. So what does that mean? In any relationship, There is going to be things that the other person does and there's going to be things that we do. It's really important to understand and give yourself so much grace and and compassion for the fact that we are fallible human beings and that we have a higher self and a lower self. And we are not always functioning from our higher self. Sometimes we are functioning from our lower self. And in that lower self is the space of control. It's a space of fear and sometimes manipulation, whether it's outward manipulation where we know we're doing it or it has just become a defensive mechanism about how to get our needs met or to be seen or to be heard. I'm not going to get into all the details about what it means, you know, the potential things that we could be doing in a relationship because there's so many of them. But it's important to know that... When you take responsibility for your part of the equation, you are cleaning up your side of the street because you are part of the whole. So what this means is, when we are constantly seeking to try to change our other, per- the other person, we are actually powerless because we can never change, control anything that as somebody else is doing. We are not them. Everybody comes here. We have our own experiences. We have our own. Uh, belief systems, we've been raised in certain spiritual systems or religious systems, we have cultural influences, and we have our own specific DNA. So that means that we're all really incredibly different. And when we try to go to another person and say, hey, you need to fix this. If you would fix just this, then everything is going to be okay in our relationship. Because sometimes people do have what pulp culture is now calling toxic behaviors and they'll do things that are not contributing to the peace and wholeness of the relationship however where somebody might have a outward aggressive type of behavior that is obvious like maybe they yell maybe they get super defensive maybe they pout or abandon or lie sometimes people are lying to to not have to face truth, whatever it is. They're doing those things that are really outward. It's very easy for everybody to gather around and point their finger at that person and call them wrong because those are the things that most of the time society in general knows that those things are not healthy. However, people are not often pointing out the things that are the passive things. So those are kind of the aggressive things and the passive things could be like not sharing our truth, not being honest. Not being vulnerable, um, failing to set boundaries, being quiet when we should be when we should be speaking up and sharing what we need to share about ourselves or our feelings. So just because somebody is the aggressor in the situation, it doesn't mean the person that is passive is any less at. I mean, do air quotes again. Fault. I use the word fault sparingly because. I don't like to assign fault or blame because that anytime we're pointing the finger outward, we are powerless. So when we learn to take responsibility for our part of the equation, we can start to heal our side. And when we heal our side, us changing us, we changing we, whichever that looks like, I think it's us changing us. What happens is, is that the dynamic will start to change between the two of you. Because if one person's acting one way, you're acting a different way, and you guys keep getting the same outcome, what happens if the person acts the same way, but you respond in a higher way, right? You're cleaning up your side of the street, and you're healing yourself. That is automatically going to change the dynamic. It can't not, because the variables in the equation have changed. The second thing is to seek to understand the other person's perspective, now, this is a biggie, and I'm smiling as I'm saying this to you guys, you can probably hear it, because so many arguments, I would venture to say that probably 100% of them stem from two different perspectives opinions of the same thing. We're just seeing things differently. We're seeing things through our ne- level of knowledge our level of wisdom, and our level of experiences. Now, you factor into that that sometimes we are not healed yet, then we're going to see things through a completely different perspective than somebody else. Now, we may not even know that we're healed or not healed yet. We might really truly think that this is the way, 100%. Or let's say we have healed something and we're trying to bring some morals or what I like to call capital T Truth into the situation, and that's being met with deaf ears because the other person is coming at it through their lens, the lens through which they see life. Now, real quick, what is our lens? Our lens is all the things that I just mentioned to you earlier, the religious beliefs, the personal beliefs, the cultures we've been raised in, the uh, fears we have, the wisdom we've acquired, the, the um, knowledge that we've acquired. These are all things that will taint our lens, and adding in the wounds that we have acquired along the past because the, loon, the the wounds will affect the way we see the world, as will our healing. So many times when two people are in some type of disagreement, it's because they're failing to see the situation through the other person's perspective. But when we seek to understand rather than to be understood, we start to get on their side of the fence. Now, this doesn't mean we have to agree with them. It doesn't mean that it is, quote, right. It doesn't mean that we have to acquiesce to whatever it is they're saying. So many times, and again, I, I said 100% earlier. I should have said like 98% or 99%. I'm going to say that again. About 99% of the times, what is it that people really want? They want to be heard and understood, okay? Okay. Even if we don't agree with what they're saying, they want to be heard and understood. So we can get on their side of the fence and look through it through their lens. Because we're wise. We're all wise people. We're all connected to spirit. We all have intuition and we are energy. So when we can look at it from their side, we can say, I can see how you see that. I just remember a couple of things that came up with me and my husband. There's things that would come up, and I remember when I started really, really practicing this, where I'm like, how is he seeing this? And I saw how he was seeing it. And I urged him to just see how I was seeing it. And what's fascinating is that the majority of the time when I have had this practice with somebody where we can sit down and really look at each other's perspective, do you know that that's really all that was required for healing? We just looked at it and we're like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And then the other person's like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And there's really nothing else to do or say. It's just two different ways of doing things. It's two different ways of seeing things. But the fact that the person is validated for their feelings. Many times people don't want to validate what people are feeling because it it makes them feel like they're going to have to do what it is that person is saying. No, that doesn't mean that. It just means give your person the grace, the understanding, the love to say, I see how you can see it that way. Now, one of the practices that I use in my personal life is when someone's coming at me with some type of thing, I'll say, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I want to know. I want to know why you see this. I'll ask questions. What's, how did this line up in your head? Okay, it doesn't mean they're wrong. It's literally what has lined up in their head. And once they explain that to me and I listen, I say, okay, I understand. Yes, I understand. You, I always immediately feel the energy decree, like the energy, the denseness of the situation gets lighter. Once it's lighter and I can feel it in my person and I can feel that that's changed, I'll say to them, okay, so can I tell you what this looks like from my perspective? And if you'll notice that right now my voice is very light because I'm not in an argument with somebody, but I do my very, very best to be very gentle and kind when I say that. Like, I understand. I'm validating you. And I'll say, can I share with you how this looks from my side? And most of the time they say yes. And I explain my side. And as soon as I explain my side, they're like, oh. And they might realize that, wow, the way they were viewing me or my behavior or my actions actually went through one of their lenses. And it was a lens of fear or um, a belief or a wound that was being touched. And that's the triggers. But I'm going to give a whole other talk on triggers. So I'll save that for another talk just so this episode isn't too long. But when we do that, we can come to a greater understanding of our people. And guess what? We get to know each other so much better. Which leads me to tip number three, which is honest and vulnerable communication. And this can be scary to a lot of people because you know, we're protected people. Like sometimes we've been hurt too much and we've shared our truth and opened our heart to somebody and then it was squashed or annihilated or betrayed. And so we unconsciously or unknowingly thought that the best thing to do was to not share that piece of ourself. If I keep that piece inside, then that means I'm not going to get hurt. But the problem is, even though we're not speaking it openly, we still have all those feelings inside. So We still, being in a relationship in general is risking being hurt. So what if you knew that actually being open and vulnerable could lead to healing and could lead to a greater understanding of each other? Because that's what intimacy is. It is into me you see. But when we're not being honest with ourselves and with our people, they are literally walking blind. They are navigating this relationship in the dark, and that's extremely difficult to do. I have been on the receiving end of this where I've dealt with people that are not telling me the truth or not being honest with me for whatever reason. They're either people-pleasing or they're afraid or they think they're not going to be accepted or whatever thing they have going on inside their own mind. And it was very difficult for me because I didn't know what was happening. But when that person started to really share their heart with me, it actually opened mine to them because I was compassionate to what they were feeling or thinking or where they had been or what fear had stored in their body. And it just became very clear to me. And I was like, okay. And I always thanked them. I said, thank you. That's something I never knew about you. Now granted, the people I'm talking about right now, generally, are the people that we love and who love us and we're in relationships with. Okay, now there's a whole different story if we're starting to date people and how all of these tips are going to look. And I probably, maybe I'll follow up with another episode about that. But this is right now trying to heal a current relationship that you're in, but there's just some disgruntlement. The only people we can change is ourselves. So even though all these things I'm listing are about you healing you, That goes back to tip number one about taking responsibility for your part of the equation. This sometimes is hard for the ego to hear because the ego really, really wants to blame. It wants to say if they would just stop doing that. Well, how about if you had someone being disrespectful to you and you finally really set a firm action boundary that you followed through on? What if that was the very thing that your person needed in order to heal or to stop doing what they were doing? Which leads me into the next tip, which is set solid and healthy boundaries with people. Boundaries is a term that we hear all the time. It's used a lot. I don't want to say overused because boundaries needed to be done, set You know, back in millennia and they will continually need to be set moving forward in life. So it's a term that I really hope that people get very comfortable with and they learn a lot about. And I do have an eight-part boundary series here on this very podcast. If you scroll down, you'll find it, and it starts with uh, part one, and then it'll, if you have your settings correct, it'll just roll into part two, part three, part four, and all the way up to part eight. But I also have a really big section of this in my upcoming book that is going to be released in November of 2022. My book is called The Recovering People Pleaser, A Spiritual Guide to Reclaim Your True Worth and attract the love you deserve. And this is not for just single people. This is for people that are in, currently in relationships. And I have a huge... actually actually turned out to be the biggest chapter, but it's such a juicy, delicious chapter that people who read re, <laughs> pre-read my book before it got published have been telling me, I have, I have been rereading this chapter. It's like everything I need to know about boundaries, and thank you for that. So just letting you know that if you are interested in when my book drops, hits, launches, whatever we call it, please jump over to my website at kristenbrown.org. And on the homepage, if you scroll down just a tiny bit, there's going to be a section where you can actually put in your email address, and you will be notified when my book drops. And I'm really excited about this book. It's something that I wrote from my absolute whole and complete heart. And every time I've reread through it to edit it or do whatever, I'm like, wow. I'm so excited to give this to people because I know it's really going to help a lot of people out there at least to help maybe either dot the I's and cross the T's of their healing journey or just, you know, change their trajectory, their pivot so that they start to head a different direction. Okay, so this one is to set solid healthy boundaries with other people. Now why does that heal a relationship people might be like what do you mean how does that you know contribute to the health of a relationship that sounds like more arguing more fighting what i know for sure is this when we are not setting boundaries what we're doing is not showing or teaching our person that their behavior is not okay now many times we will say to somebody that their behavior is not okay but then nothing happens and if you're like me i used to think that my words were enough I used to think, well, if I just say this out loud, then this person will stop doing that because I was a people pleaser. You know, people didn't have to say much to me just for me to change my behavior because I was too busy trying to make everybody happy. But that wasn't always the case coming back to me. So I had to really practice and learn how to set and maintain healthy boundaries. Now, I always say set and maintain. Why? Why? Because we think setting a boundary is enough. It's not enough. And I'll go into this fully. You guys can get here all about it in the eight-part boundary series here on the podcast, or you can read about it in my book, The Recovering People Pleaser. I won't get into all the details. But the reason why it contributes to a healthy relationship is because of this. Because when we set and maintain a healthy boundary with somebody, that is a mirror to let them see their own behavior. A lot of us are functioning on autopilot. We have this conditioned way of acting and being in the world that is on autopilot. It's just who we are. And people are like, well, that's just the way I am. I can't change. Yes, you can. We can all change. We all have that ability. But when we hold up that mirror to that person by setting a boundary and saying, nope, not doing this, not hanging out in this this environment or doing this with you or whatever it might be, and we maintain it. We actually step away and we create space until we see some humility because a thousand sorries never does anything. We really want to see some action on their part or feel their humility and give them grace while they're learning something new because if they've had a conditioned pattern of acting and behaving all through their life in the way that they're acting and behaving, then it's going to take them a minute sometimes to really clean that up. But the reason why is we want it when we set and maintain a healthy boundary, we're cleaning up our side of the street again because that's the passiveness in uh, in us that is equally contributing to an unhealthy relationship, right? So when we start to get strong in that area, we start to allow our person to see that their behavior is not okay. And it sounds so like, really? Yes, it works. I've since I've been practicing boundaries, I realized, if this is shocking, but that really firm boundaries that I followed through on without the fear of losing the person or without the fear of being alone, because a lot of times we have other things that are, that are stopping us from setting and maintaining healthy boundaries. When I clean up those pieces inside of myself, boundaries were the very thing that healed my relationships because those people have the opportunity to work on their pieces and parts that were wounded. Which leads me into tip number five, forgive and forgive some more and forgive some more and forgive some more and forgive some more. Forgiveness is a really big topic and I'm going to really try to monitor myself that I don't, you know, really go off here with this topic. But the reason why forgiveness is so important is because it is literally an energy clearing. It is a reset. But it's not only a reset in our relationship, it's a reset inside of our self. And anytime we forgive, we are actually communing with God, with love, with source energy, with the divine. We are in the highest possible energetic frequency when we forgive. Now, I do not mean by any way, shape, or form am I alluding to the fact that what your person did is okay. I would never say that. That's That's just not a thing, okay? This does not mean we condone the action and... I'm just going to throw this in here too, that sometimes forgiveness means we can still divorce the person or not be with the person or end a friendship. Forgiveness is a reset. So if I think about it, you know, I I think about like, let's say something in my personal relationships where someone did something and they said, can you forgive me? Well, these are my loved ones. And my answer always is you're already forgiven. I've already, you know, there's no even need for forgiveness because I love them so much that I'm practice this enough that I'm willing to the course of miracles calls it quantum forgiveness where I function in a place of understanding another person's pain and understanding their woundedness and that many many times that bad behavior is truly a call for love where love is absent so if I hold on to contempt if I hold on to bitterness and anger and all of those denser heavier emotions what I'm doing is I'm I'm creating a divide between me and that person actually healing. Practicing forgiveness clears the air and gives the both of you a reset. It doesn't, it's not necessarily like, you know, I argue with family members and it's not like I have to go to them and say, I forgive you. Like, I don't make this great declaration. I just clear the energy inside of myself, right? It's only if they bring it up to me and say, oh, you forgive me for that or whatever. I'm like, of course, I love you, and I'm all about our healthy relationship, and I know that forgiving is healthy. So if you've got a backstory of a lot of stuff that's gone down with either your 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 spouse, your partner, or a family member, or someone that you are still in relationship with, and you're trying to clean things up a little bit, and you don't really know how to do it, forgiveness is one of the greatest superpowers that we were given on this earth. So when we can forgive, we the lens that we see them through is going to be different. It's going to be cleaner then through the lens lens of contempt and hatred and bitterness or whatever else we have, we're ever rolling around in. This leads us to tip number six, grow together. What does that mean, grow together? I often say couples that grow together, stay together. I also mean that as friends or family members, grow together, stay together. What does that mean? Well, we're all, energe- all energy, every single one of us. So if we start to raise our energetic vibration because we're healing, if the other person doesn't, sometimes that can really cause a disconnect between the two people, right? Because the energies no longer are aligned. But when we both seek to grow and better ourselves and heal ourselves, then we keep our energy somewhat around the same arena so it's very doable. It's only when one person is on a level one and another person is on the 10th floor, you know, there becomes a great disconnect. But let's say someone's on floor number one and the other person's on floor number two. All right? You see how they're just closer together and they're more easy to navigate? It's easier to go up three, two flights of stairs to the next level than it is to go up 10 flights of stairs. You see what I'm saying? I'm not sure if that's a great metaphor, but that was the only thing that popped into my head right now spontaneously. Spontaneously. But what I'm trying to say is that when we grow, when we are in the market to heal ourselves and to become the highest version of ourselves that we can, then we typically, are not only do our relationship starts to heal, but they become the, one of the best parts of our life. And that's something that I really wanted. That I really wanted the most amazing relationships with not only my partner, But with my children and with my friends, I want really great relationships. This doesn't mean that we have to sit around talking about deep stuff all the day, all the time, but it means that when we really look to fix, heal, shift, grow, morph, evolve, whatever it is, our side of the equation. Now, sometimes this, you know, I've heard of people reading the Bible together or um, going to church together and things like that. And It doesn't necessarily have to be stuff like that. It could just be talking about situations with each other, providing a really safe space for the person who might be struggling through a situation in their life to really navigate that. Because as you're helping them, you're also helping yourself and they're getting helped and then they are going to become wiser and then they will help you too. And it's like this beautiful fruit bowl is all I can think of. It's the picture that came to my head or you could say a floral bouquet. It's something like where everything complements the other thing in its surroundings. So whether, you know, i been trying to think of my husband and I, um, I, I do a lot of um, in, work, you know, where I'm listening to things, and I journal, and I meditate, and I do types of things. He does too, but he does it differently. He has his own way of doing these things, things that resonate with him, and it, it doesn't mean we have to do the exact same things because that would come in under the control category. And nobody likes to be controlled. We are free by nature, which leads me into tip number seven, which is complete personal freedom. Now, this can be a little triggering for some people because they're like, what do you mean I got to give my person complete personal freedom? I actually call this CPF. I named this about 12 years ago where I was like, you know, what what is it that we all really want? We want to be free. We want to be free to be and do exactly who we are and what we are. We want to be able to express ourselves in the most open way that we possibly can. And we can't do that if we've got somebody constricting us, putting us in prison, telling us what we can do and what we can't do. Now, I definitely want to say that I'm with saying CPF, complete personal freedom, I don't mean that this means people can cheat or, you know, spend money behind our back or go to topless bars or overindulge in some type of substance that is harming. I'm not talking about anything that is outwardly and obviously harming to the relationship. Now, that's not what personal freedom means. Personal freedom means if you have, let's say you marry a man or you're in a relationship with a man who every Tuesday night they go play basketball. But, you know, he's done that before he met you and it is now Tuesday night and you want to see him. What do you do? Do you say, you know, this is my only night off and I'm demanding that you spend it with me? Or are you saying, listen, I want you to be free to choose. Please be free to choose. Let me tell you something. First, people are going to freak out when you start really giving people personal freedom because they're not used to it. Because a lot of human beings are controlling and manipulating because we're all trying to feel safe. So we're trying to control our environments in a way that makes us feel safe. But that's very constricting to the other person, even if you're a really loving person. It's, it's, it's got an icky kind of feeling about it. So people don't feel good about that. But what happens when you say, you take care of you best, whatever it is that you need, and I will take care of me best. You know what happens? I've seen it time and time again. Who is the person that they would rather spend time with? It's the person that gives them the personal freedom. Now, I wasn't, I'm just going to put in this disclaimer, I was in a relationship where I gave a partner complete personal freedom and that person had other things going on where he was, he needed to constantly be busy, like constantly, constantly, constantly be busy and surround himself with people and noise and And I know now that it was because he didn't, he couldn't be in his own mind. He couldn't have quiet because quiet probably meant pain to him because he didn't like to be with his own thoughts. So yeah, I gave him complete personal freedom and he always chose to go to poker night over the, it was the one night that actually, this is my first husband. This was the one, he worked nights, I worked days and he only had off Tuesday nights and that was poker night with the boys and I would and he would choose poker night over and over and over and over again. It was the only evening we had together. I was giving the personal freedom. I was saying please go do what you want to do. It'd be nice if we could hang out or whatever and it did hurt when he chose that. and it was one of the reasons among my among many that we didn't work out because I wasn't a priority to him. But with someone who is healthy, when you give them personal freedom, guess who they want to be with the most. you. You know, in my particular situation with my first husband, it had nothing to do with his love of me or anything else. It had to do with like the things that I had explained to you. But it did hurt us in the end because I wasn't heard when I said, hey, you know, it'd be nice to hang out together and whatever. And a healthy type person would be like, okay, well, this is like the championship poker game, but I won't go to the next two because I want to spend time with you. You'll know you'll know when your person makes changes and shifts things for you. And sometimes what they have going on is really important. Maybe there is an award or it's a championship game or or there's something happening there. And trust that you will know. Like you will feel it inside your spirit and your heart if it is something that is going to be detrimental or hurting your relationship. But what I want to say is that like there's some things that my, my current husband now that he likes that I don't like or that I don't want to do. And I'm like, please go. Go have fun. Go go be your best self. Live your best life. I would never want to be the person that imposed on somebody else because I was being insecure or I was being needy or I was being greedy. I want my people to feel free. And what I have known time and again is giving people that freedom actually endears them and makes them closer to me it's kind of a strange paradox that happens and tip number eight the last and final tip I want to share with you is to treat your loved ones like the most precious gift you've ever been given these are people in your life who have been put here for you to love and to love you but many many times we treat our loved ones the worst And that happens kind of organically because we trust these people, we know they love us and we might be feeling some kind of a way and we accidentally, oopsie, let out, you know, the worst of ourselves onto them, but yet we treat everybody else around us in all of our environment with kindness and gentleness, but yet we're not always doing that to our partners. You might be thinking, how could this change things? Just try it just try it. I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I just want to share my experiences with you to see what you think and see if anything resonates. Because I trust that people that listen to this podcast are coming in because they're seeking. And they have an open heart and an open mind. And they want to know, like they're looking for answers. And that open heart will tell you anytime throughout this entire episode when you went, oh yeah, I need to do that. Or Ooh, I understand that, or wow, that's a new perspective, okay? But I'm not here to convince you of it. But I do know that when, let's say, back when I was younger and I was raising my first two kids and I would yell at them. I'd raise my voice for whatever reason. Now, I'm not a yeller. It's not my typical go-to. But I get frustrated or something. And and next thing you know, I'm yelling at the kids. And I thought, yelling is harmful. So I thought, is Do I really want to be that? Is there a way I can get my message across without that? These are are my babies. Like, these are the most important things on my planet, and I'm yelling at them. I wouldn't yell at other people out in the world. Why am I yelling at them? And we might be able to, you know, we might say stuff to ourselves like, well, they're frustrating me, or I'm a single mother, or, you know, all these things that we can say. But the bottom line is we always have a choice. So I started practicing being gentle even when I was upset. And that was a huge shift. I just watched an anime last night, a Studio Ghibli, if you guys know what that is. Some of you might. I wouldn't know about these things if it wasn't for my youngest daughter. It was interesting because the hero of the show last night, can I tell you, all this crazy stuff that happened in this movie, I was like, what the hell? But the entire time, all these people around him are raising their voices and getting crazy and doing their thing. And the entire time he talked in this voice, no matter what was happening, this was the voice that he talked in. So all this, you know, crazy life-threatening things were going on and he was just talking like this. And that's what I'm talking about. Because we do have a choice to how we show up to our loved ones. Do we really have to yell and scream? If you get frustrated, pull yourself away. Give yourself a time out. Go take five minutes. Is that who you want to be? Again, we're cleaning up our side of the street because that is the only side of the street we can control. We're not another human being. So I like to practice really truly being centered in love when I'm dealing with my people. And the good news is, is that people that love us and who we love are typically very forgiving and um They're flexible. They'll bounce back after a a difficult situation because love is involved and love is literally the greatest superpower in the universe. It is the highest possible energy ever. There's going to be times that we're going to mess up. There is. I I mean, we're fallible human beings. We just need to understand that. We're going to mess up. That's it. We're, We're not perfect. We weren't put here to be perfect. We were put here to learn and to grow and to shift and evolve and actually return back to unconditional love of God that each of us have inside of us but we're gonna mess up so what do we do with that mess up well we make amends and we course correct treating our loved ones like the most precious gift ever also embodies apologizing requesting forgiveness making amends and doing better the next time because if we really truly love someone do we want to treat them poorly no That's an easy answer, right? No, I really don't want to treat the person like that. Okay. Own your stuff. Back to point number one. Own your stuff. Own what's yours. A long time ago, I read a book, a parenting book, and in that parenting book, it said something about apologizing to your children. Let me tell you something. My hair blew back like I was in a category whatever hurricane. I was like, whoa. It never occurred to me because I was never apologized to as a child. So when they said that, I was like, oh. And I remember the first time I apologized to my kids. And I remember there was a part of me that was afraid that I would lose my power if I apologized. But it was in this book and it resonated in my heart, so I gave it a try. And I apologized to something. I'm like, oh, you guys, I'm sorry for whatever it was. And they both, with my heart, and they both just looked at me with the sweetest, lovingest faces. They could have been like seven and nine, nine and 11. I don't really know. And they go, it's okay, mom. They were so incredibly sweet about it. Now, this didn't mean that I was to exploit that, that they were so understanding and forgiving of me. But it it led me to see something that I didn't see, that these were little spirits in earth suits as well. These were little teeny tiny baby humans navigating life too with source energy and love inside them as well. And they loved me and they forgave me and we moved on. In this last and final tip, treat your loved ones like the most precious gift. Be mindful about how you speak to them. Be mindful about how much time you spend with them. Be mindful about making them a priority in your life. I know so many times we're trying to reach those goals and we're fussing and fighting and we're and we're working hard. We're trying to reach these goals because we think when we get there to the proverbial there, that place that we think is a destination, that all of a sudden we're going to have time to do all the things with our loved ones. In the meantime, the time is passing. And I've been there a couple spots myself where I was like, let me just get all this done and then, and then, and then. Well, guess what? And Then never came. There was always more and always more and always more. And I learned a valuable lesson that was presence right now, the here and now, is the most precious gift that we could ever give to our loved ones. So when we really truly say, I'm going to treat you like you're precious, that we put the action behind our words, nothing says I love you more than making our people a priority. Now this doesn't mean at the expense of our own well-being and being the author of The Recovering People Pleaser and an Empowerment Coach, I always have to say it's important to find that balance All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. If you like this, I would love if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And you can always send me a message at hello at kristenbrown.org if there's any topic that you would like me to talk about. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that I am a top contributor, they call it top mentor, on the Wisdom Social Audio app. This app just passed its one-year anniversary. I was invited to be a founding mother, (laughs) a founding father, a founding mother of this app when it launched. So I started in uh, November of 2021 and this app is absolutely incredible. The people that get on there and share their heart and share their wisdom and share capital T truth. It is an app that will help you to feel seen, heard, and understood and validated, likely like you never have before. You can also get on there and chat with me live. So each person that holds a room, okay, it's a very easy app to navigate, you can click the join button and you can join them for however amount of time that they have their timer set to, typically mine's set between 5 and 10 minutes, or you could just get on and listen and start following people and perhaps maybe someday giving your own top talk if you feel called to do that. But with all things, I say practice discernment and what you allow into your mind and into your heart, because that's the most important thing of reclaiming our personal power is becoming our own authority and learning to trust ourselves. All right, you guys, so much love to each and every one of you. Thank you for being here and listening today, and I will talk to you next time. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to subscribe and share. If you're listening on iTunes, you can give a big thanks by leaving a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to explore coaching plans, other products, and free resources, go to kristenbrown.org. Until next time, everyone, remember to go love yourself.